Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. We've been having awesome times here at Rock of Ages. I don't know about you, but I've been having a great time here speaking to you over the past several weeks. Yes? Anybody been blessed with God's word? We've been learning a lot concerning the criterion we need to embrace in order to walk pleasing before the Lord. Amen? We've been learning a lot. It's been a challenge. We've been learning so much concerning God's word and what God expects us in order for us, again, all of this positioning us to live a successful and abundant life in the presence of the Lord. But I also know along with us having a good time the past weeks, as I've spoken to some of you, you've also been going through some situations in your life. It's been hard for many in some situations. Some have been ill. Some have been in the hospital. Other loved ones have been ill in other situations that have nothing to do with ailments of the body, but situations and circumstances you've been wrestling with. I've come to tell you this morning simply as a word of encouragement and as a matter of fact that we serve a God of miracles. We serve a God that can change things in your life. We serve a God that can see the things you're going through and that will he can take a hold of those circumstances and situations in your life and turn them around. Here in front of me, he's a quiet man, but I'm thankful he shares certain things with me. But Brother Lima, just a few weeks ago, he came to me rejoicing. Weeks before, he had been not necessarily complaining, but certainly making note that he had been struggling with your eyesight, brother. Is that right? He was struggling. Come up here, brother. This is what this service is about. This is Brother René Lima, our gentle giant. He helps us lead our men here. He came to tell me about a situation he was going through in his life concerning his eyesight. And then just a couple of weeks ago, he comes in here completely. We just didn't even know him that way because you'll understand when he explains to you. But he says, Pastor, God did a great thing in my life. Let him tell you this. Good morning, everybody. And God bless y'all. A few weeks ago... um, Actually, two years ago, I've been battling with my eyes. Uh, They've been bleeding internally uh, to the point that one of them was completely black. And a couple of months ago, um, my right one started. And uh, my eyes were filled with blood, and I needed to get injections just to clear them out. But it started affecting my vision as well. It got to the point that it was was pretty close to 20 to over 100, which is almost legally blind. And at that point, I came to, to Brother Soto here and, um, and the other members, and I asked them to keep me in their prayers. And they did. They brought me up front, and they prayed over me. I continued with the injections, and the whole point of the injections is to get rid of the blood. I never expected what happened next. My vision, and the doctor was not attending this part of the treatment or therapy. But my vision went from 20 over 100 to 20 over 20. Wow. I, have, I do not wear glasses. 
I have been wearing glasses for over 15 years. And I'm not wearing glasses. So I give all the praise and the glory to God. And yes, I truly believe in miracles. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Amen. These things happen. They still happen. Just the other day, I was listening to a particular sermon from a very popular preacher. And he spent the whole 45 an hour that he was being televised trying to tell people that miracles don't exist anymore. Now, he made a valid point, and I'll, I'll touch that in just a little bit. But he was trying, not necessarily at will, discouraging people from believing in miracles, but saying those were things of the past, and it's not a good thing to instruct people to believe in that because of the discouragement. Why the discouragement? Because sometimes he doesn't. Amen? And I'll explain that as we go. But I, I listened to that, and, you know, I had great respect for this individual, but I... I almost wanted to write him and email him personally and say, Brother, man, do you know the platform that you have? And you're filling the hearts of people with hopelessness. And you are absolutely doing everything to annul everything that God represents. He is eternal. Eternity doesn't change. He is spirit. Spirit is, is unfazed by anything. It's no respecter of material spirit is. It'll go right through it. It'll always be the same. It'll always have the same effect. And then we have words in the word of God that tells us specifically of the miracle worker. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he stopped doing certain things, what's going to make us believe or help us believe that he'll do anything else? Why should heaven be true? Maybe he changed his mind about getting us to heaven. Maybe he changed his mind about sending the Holy Spirit or keeping the Holy... Maybe he already picked up the Holy Spirit because he changed his mind along the way. So many things are challenged and, and yet you have thousands of people who are sitting in front of this podium. And I'm sitting there going like, Lord... I, I, I get what he was trying to prove, and the point that he was trying to prove is really small. In order to make an hour out of it, discouraging people to believe that God can still change the unchangeable. Psalms 121, one of my favorite passages, it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? That's a very important question. That we need to ask ourselves. If you're going through something in your body, you might be waiting for the doctor to see what he says. I, I understand it's, it's liberating when the doctor says, oh, by the way, whatever, it's thought I was, whatever I thought it was, it's nothing. Here's a pill and fix it. And it's, it's liberating. I get it. And maybe if it's a financial situation, you're waiting on a response from the bank. See if you got that loan to help you uh, reconcile or, or, or reconsolidate certain situations that you're in. I get it. There's a certain uh, deliverance uh, feeling about that. <clears throat> Where does your help come from ultimately, though, is the question. Who's the one that will change the situation so the doctor can say it's nothing. 
Who's the one that could change the banker's heart and manipulate and do things to the numbers that are needed in order for him to say, yes, you're approved? It's, it goes beyond just the temporal and the material you and I. The, the question is profound. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? Oh, and he answers for him. I pray this is your answer. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heaven and the earth. Listen to the promises of this earth and heaven maker. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber or sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm and he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Key word, now and forevermore. You know what forevermore means? It means as if the Lord doesn't, it tarries and does not come for his church in the rapture in the next 2,000 years. That's part of forever. So whatever God is doing in the now and this world stays around for another 20 generations, that forever will be the now then. And these people will experience, the next generation are going to experience the grandness of God in all glory, splendor, and power. Psalm 77 and 1, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord at night. I stretched out uh, untiring hands and my soul refused to be comforted. That's passion for God. He knew where his help came from. And he was going to get to that help regardless. No matter how tired in the middle of the night. He may have been petitioning the Lord. He said, I, I stretched out to reach God. I remembered you, O oh God. And I groaned and I mused. That is, I contemplated. I meditated on you in my spirit day and night. My spirit grew faint. So much he longed for God. He was tired. You kept my eyes from closing, though, he says. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about former days, the years long ago, and I remembered my songs in the night. My heart mused and my spirit inquired. Negative thoughts sometimes come in the middle of the night. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? That's what this man was saying. No sense in you praying for healing anymore. He took us through a story saying, you know, I had a friend who just died of cancer. A very beloved friend of mine, he said, this is how he proved how miracles don't work. And had it not been safe for him not to believe in them, he would have been discouraged. He said, I went to visit a friend of mine, this man says, and he was hurting and dying of cancer. He said, eh, if there was ever a time I wish I had the gift of healing, it would have been then. 
If there was ever a time I believed that God could heal, I certainly would have prayed for him for God to heal him. See, that's pretty convincing. That'll make you understand, sure, man, this guy's a pastor. This guy's got years of experience. He didn't even pray for his friend's healing because his friend had no choice but to face what was there. All that morning he spent time. I would have prayed. Is me telling you, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe in miracles anymore. Why? You know why? Because when I was going through my liver situation, I prayed that God would divinely heal me. But yet, I've got a scar from here to here. Why didn't he do that? If I had ever wanted a miracle, I wish I had believed in miracles when I needed that miracle. And it's discouraging. Because then you'll say in your heart, well, the pastor didn't pray for a miracle when he was dying. God will never listen to me either. But that's a lie of the devil. I don't know about his God. But my God is a God of miracles. I don't know about any other circle of faith around this world. Or I don't know what people or what uh, and who other people deposit their faith in. But the faith I deposit in the God that I serve is a God of miracles. The Buddhists can't say that. Islam cannot say that about Muhammad. Kabbalah and the Scientologists around the world cannot say that about their particular gods. Even those today who do everything they can to convince people that Satan is the one who's God. Pray to Satan for a miracle then. He can't. But if you pray to the creator of the heavens of the earth. That's a different story my friend. I am telling you this morning that our God is a God of miracles. We are told in scripture that on creation morning, he miraculously separated light from darkness. He scattered the, scars, the stars with a wave of his hand against the canopy of a once darkened sky. In one move, he commanded the sky to produce the fowls of the air to decorate it. He spoke to the earth. To produce living beings to occupy it. And one day the Bible says he took a handful of dirt. And he blew in it. And man became a living being. I said God is a God of miracles. Hundreds of years later. When his people were held up in the grips of Pharaoh's prison. He broke Pharaoh's back by subduing him, unleashing his judgment and power against the Egyptian armies. He divided the Red Sea so his people could walk on dry land. He fed them 40 years in the desert from heaven's pantries. Are you listening to me? There is no miracles. He gave water to drink from a fountain rock in the middle of a desert. He dressed the people of Israel with clothes that for 40 years did not wither, nor did it wear. Can you imagine using the same pair of sandals for 40 years? 
They wanted to buy a new set, but they just wouldn't waste. Can you imagine them trying to find the newest fashions in the desert? I can't wait till it loses its color, yet it was still vibrant for 40 years. <coughs> That's how God dressed his people. The Lord stepped into a fiery furnace. And even though it had been heated up seven times, he quenched the fire over his children. He stepped into a lion's den and shut the mouths of the lions so that his saint, his servant, would be free in front of the Babylonian king. Then later he gives us a son. This is just the father's resume. Have you heard of the son? When the father gave us his son, he came against all of the laws of nature and everything that has been determined as normal human development and reproduction. He gave us his son through virgin birth. Not disturbing the tissues that constitute purity in the life of a teenage girl. He gave us a savior. Are you telling me that a God I serve doesn't work miracles? And when Jesus was born, just like his father, he carried the attributes and the miraculous characteristics. The Bible says that empowered Jesus came, healing the blind, healing the lame, healing the lepers, healing those with bad eyesight. He came ruining funeral processions. He spoke to his friend after days of being dead and Lazarus had no choice but to come out in attention to his Savior's voice. Are you telling me that all of a sudden the power withered out just right when we needed it? My luck. I need a miracle. Oh, the special was February Too bad. I'm sorry, man. That kind of seems to be my luck all the time. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I heard that uh, there was a 50%. Oh, yeah, that was, that was in June. Ah. Well, I heard I needed a miracle. Oh, a miracle. Yes, yes, I needed a miracle. You see, I'm dying of liver disease. Ah. That shop closed down. You're just going to have to die now. No more miracles. Hmm. Now, all of this, he says, to prove a simple point, and this is maturity. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to pray with you, by the way. We're going to anoint you. We're going to pray. We're going to have you come to this altar in just a few minutes before it gets too late. And we're going to pray. How many come with a need before the Lord? So I know that this altar is going to be full. But all of this was said to prove a point. To try to prove a point. And this is maturity. This is necessary that you understand this. Are you ready? Sometimes God chooses not to heal. I thought he was always willing. I didn't say he wasn't always willing. I said sometimes he chooses not to heal. We just spoke concerning the Apostle Paul. I think if anybody had good points with Jesus, it would have been Paul. And the Bible speaks of him in 2 Corinthians 12 and 8. 
Paul was an evangelist and he was struggling with his body. Now scholars and writers and thinkers and the uh, theologians have written concerning that particular illness and no one really knows. But some suggest that because he was an evangelist that maybe somehow his, his feet got purulent or something or infected and he couldn't walk anymore because he was complaining about not being able to serve the Lord fully because of that thorn in his flesh. Others suggest that because he was a teacher of the law, of the word of God, that his eyes were dim. He couldn't read. So he couldn't read the word of God to the people. that he was hurting. Some people say there were sores on his body. There was, they suggest a whole bunch of times. I wasn't there. I don't know what it was, but I do know it was something that was serious to him. Because he prayed three times. Three times he said, I've asked the Lord, I've inquired of God. Lord, this thing is killing me. Lord, this thing is in my way. I'm your son. I'm pastoring Rock of Ages, Lord. This thing is trying to kill me. It's important. I need this. I need to get up. A dead man cannot worship you, Lord. A dead man cannot preach to you, Savior. Those are the words I would give my Lord. Uh, if I'm dead, I can't preach, God. But if you're satisfied, I'm ready. But a dead man cannot worship you, Lord. And I prayed and Paul prayed. This thorn in my flesh, I need it gone. And the Lord in all his wonderfulness. Ah, you'll be all right. My grace is sufficient for you. Can you imagine what Paul felt? What? I can't even see. It's going to be okay. I can't walk. My grace is sufficient for thee. Oh, the beautifulness about Paul is that he knew Jesus. And he complained not. He said, you know what I'm going to do then? Then I'm going to glory in my weakness. Because when I am weak, then I am made strong. But the point, the point, a lot of people get mad with God. I prayed for a miracle and they died. I prayed for a miracle and we lost this. And so now I don't like God. I don't like God. And you know what my answer to that is? And I say this with all sensitivity. And I say, poor things, you never knew God. The Bible says this to us in Romans 8 and 28. That all things work together for good. Amen. Amen. That means that if you know God, even when he chooses not to, there is still love involved. All things work together for good. When I laid in that hospital bed saying, Lord, I know that you can give me a new liver. I had a daughter when she was two years old, had a cancer. 
And I said, Lord, can you give her a new kidney? All kinds of promises. Can you change this? Can you change that? Listen, did you not raise Lazarus, a dead man? Did you not heal the cripple? Did you not heal the dumb and the mute? The deaf? And God ultimately said, oh, my grace is sufficient. And unless we know God, ladies and gentlemen, this was the lesson. I wish he had just simply taught people that, and that's okay. But don't discredit the whole thing just because you didn't get, or you don't understand why you didn't get that answer the way you wanted it. But if you know the character of God, he says that all things work together for good. You also need to know what the Bible says in 1 John 5 and 14. Put it up there, guys, would you? Let's read that together. Are you guys with me back there? This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, we'll just stop there. Because that sounds good already for me. Yes? He said, ask anything. If you ask anything, Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. All these things we lean on because it's very convenient. <coughs> Doesn't require knowledge and maturity. It just requires gimme, gimme. But it says anything according to what you want. According to how you wanted. According to what others told you it should be. According to what that pastor who's a faith healer and speaks to you that if you're sick, it's because you're a sinner. No. Anything according to his will, he hears us. So I'm thinking in my life, and my heart, I'm saying, Lord, so then even when I'm ill and I'm laying in Baylor in Houston, so my prayer shouldn't be, Lord, you can divinely heal me and not put me through the knife. They're going to butterfly me, Lord. Are you telling me I should pray, Father, heal me, if that's your will? And if it's not your will, I know you love me. That's a hard prayer. You see, if God healed everybody, none of us would ever go to heaven. Amen? If God healed everybody, my mom would still be here. Brother Ralph? Brother Ralph? If God healed everybody, the princes would be here. Yes? 
There's a promise that God did make. And that is that it is appointed that men die. There's a scripture, a hard saying in scripture that says, sweet is the death of the saints unto the Lord. Are you serious? It's because you don't see the big picture. You need to remember what Paul said is to be present in this world is to be absent in heaven. And to be absent in this world is to be present in the presence of the Lord. There's great joy. Even when we don't get that answer, this is where it all says it all works out together for good. How many men of God, women of God, how many times have they prayed for healing and yet yeah, they are with the Lord today and God didn't do it. See, that's maturity, ladies and gentlemen. But my point here, furthermore, is this. Just because God chooses to do it or not do it does not give you the license or does not deter you from asking. The Bible says we can approach the throne of God with confidence. We can approach God any time of the moment with our need. And then you let God decide. That's maturity. Because I've seen a lot of miracles. I've seen miracles here. I've had people come from Houston to come and tell me that they came to visit with us. And they had a need. They, were, they had a tumor in their body to come tell me that when we prayed for them here at the altar, they went back. They had to come back and tell me, I'm thankful because when we went back and went to the doctor, the tumor was gone. That's the power of God. But if he had heard what this man said, and if I had stayed up there in this altar when they were here in need of that miracle and said, well, you might as well not pray. Let's just let go with the flow. This is just the way you're supposed to go. No. We serve a God of miracles. The Bible says in Job 5 and 9, he performs wonders that cannot be phantom and miracles that cannot be counted. Psalm 78 and 12, he did miracles in the sight of our forefathers. He did miracles from the beginning of Jesus. The Bible says that he went out through the cities across the lands performing miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm here to tell you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, God can still do the unexplainable. God can still change the unchangeable. God can still heal the unhealable to man. God can still raise a man who was healthy at one time and went to Baylor and died for five minutes and raise him again and have him speak to you on this day four years later. No one is going to tell me that the miracle days are done. In this church, no one outside of the church, no one is ever going to convince me. And I pray never convince you that the days of miracles are over. If they were over, we would have never been instructed by James chapter 5. And this was after Jesus was gone. James 5 and 14, if any one of you is sick, he should call the elders of the church and pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise him up. This wasn't during Jesus' time. 
Uh, we can believe it if Jesus was still on earth and he was doing it. Well, of course, he was on earth and no wonder you see me. No, 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 no. Still after Jesus' life upon earth, after he had ascended, still miracles continued to happen. Are you telling me that once the 19th century began, that was the cutoff date? No. John 14 and 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing and he will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. This is Jesus making his exit. I don't know where people in their minds, sadly, they rob themselves of the blessing of the fullness of God. They rob themselves and the church they preach to by let, letting them and making them feel that if you're sick and you're deathly ill, just learn to embrace it with peace because it's going to take you anyway. There's no sense in turning the tide. It may could be that your situation may take you home. This thing could have very much taken me home then and it might take me home in the next few years. And I have nothing to say about that, but that will never stop me from believing that God can change it if it's his will. That's maturity. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, we want to anoint you. And I know there's people with special needs in this house today. It's getting that time. I'm going to ask my ushers to come. This is what we're going to do for the sake of making it quicker. We're going to have one of my ushers here, here, and here. They're going to anoint you quickly. Otherwise, we won't, we'll be here late. But if you are in need of prayer today, we're going to pray corporately. You know what you need. I wish I had time to listen to all of your needs, but I don't, I'm not going to take your time. Because God knows what you need. And what's important is that he knows what you need, not me. If you have a need this morning and you believe in miracles and the God that you serve is a God of miracles that I've been speaking about. That you know that there is no cutoff date for the Lord. There is no cutoff date for God to say, you know what, I, I gave that up. I don't do that anymore. There's just so much sickness, a lot more sickness than in my time in Jerusalem. There's so much I can't figure it all out. So sorry, you guys handle whatever you can. He didn't say that. He told the people of Israel, he said, if from there you will seek me, you will find me. He said through the mouth of Jeremiah, if you cry out to me, I will respond to you. The Bible says that wherever two or three are gathered together, he will be there in the midst. He told the disciples when he gave them the last commission, he said, lo, I am with you till the end of the age. And I don't know about you, but when Jesus shows up, he shows up complete. Amen? Amen. He's not like us. Some of us are plumbers and some of our mechanics. Can you fix this? Well, I do have the machine, but I left it at home. Jesus carries all the toolbox with him all the time. And whatever your need is, he's ready to fix it. Let us be mature and say, Lord, may it be your will what I'm petitioning. 
May it be your will what I'm asking you, Father. I know that I feel I need this in my body. I need this in my life. I need these in my finances. I need this in my life. I need it. But Father, I want to be a mature son and say, Lord, I'll never go beyond your will. That's what people need to learn today. This is why people get mad with God. There's no sense in praying. He never does anything. You never asked him if you wanted to in the first place. You have to remember that he loves you in everything he does, whether he responds to you or not. He still loves you and still your destiny is sure to be with glory with him forever. Amen. Every time I take my shirt off, I look at my belly and I go, wow. Nothing might have, could have, nothing, nothing could have been there. <laughs> But no, it's there. Make no mistake. Because that's how he chose it. And what I'm doing today, before the saints, I raise my hand and I say, thank you, Jesus. Because had you not wanted to, that was still okay with me. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you did. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org give.